This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Russ. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Pastor John Kilpatrick. And yes, I still call him Pastor because I've known him for uh, over 20 years now because I was blessed to be part of the Brownsville Revival, and he was a pastor down there. Wonderful to have you on, Pastor. Thank you for being with us. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Now, your CD set, which I love this title, it's called The Blessing and the Glory. And uh, I I have to tell you, I'll I'll say it right off the bat. When I listened to your teaching on the glory, I felt the glory of the Lord in my office stronger than I've ever felt in my life. And I I mean, I could hardly go back to work. I'm like, Lord, can you lighten this up a little bit? Because I can't even hardly function. I felt so much joy and peace and on and on and on. So, Pastor, you are a carrier of the glory. And uh, I believe that with all my heart in your messages. 20 years later, I still hear you. In, in your in your voice and when you release it all on the glory and what if you could tell the people at home from your perspective from your own heart what is the glory well the glory is uh it's not a person the holy spirit is a person the glory is the presence of god and uh there's a greek word in in uh, for the liver the liver is the heavy organ of your body that Greek word for the liver is like the Greek word for the glory, and is kabod. The word for glory is kabod, and it means weighty. It means heavy. It's the heavy, weighty presence of God. God made man and put him in the garden. God engineered man. He made him pure, made him innocent, holy. You know, he made him his son and daughter and put him in the garden. And they were always naked but they were clothed with the glory. And when man sinned, of course, death set in, and when it did, the glory lifted off of them, and that's why they began to reach for leaves to cover their nakedness, because that covering had lifted off of them. So man was engineered to be covered in the weighty presence of the Lord. And the reason why people are so insecure is because when that presence lifted off ever since then, Mankind has been reaching and grabbing for something that will replace the weightiness of that security blanket. And I like how you describe it, too. It's it's also the, the atmosphere of the Father. It is. It's an atmosphere. And, you know, Moses said to the Lord, he said, uh, show me your glory, you know. And then when the Lord told him he wanted him to go and deliver the children of Israel— and, you know, take him into the promised land. He said, okay, but here's the deal. I will not and I cannot go without your glory, your presence. So there was something about the presence, even with most. He was the, basically the first apostle. And there was something about that presence of God that Moses said, if that's not going to go, I can't go. Okay, so you you asked the Lord a question. You said there's a lot of people, you thought to yourself, there's a lot of people talking about the glory right now, and you're like, what's up right now with the glory? Why are so many people interested in this, in this glory right now? And what did the Lord share with you about that? Well, he said that the glory of the latter house would be greater than the former. And uh, if people can't really grasp the glory and they don't understand the glory of the former house, how can they really come to understand that the glory of the latter house is going to be greater? And the Lord said that his glory, the knowledge of his glory, would fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. Uh, you know as well as I do that the waters cover the Pacific, the Atlantic, the Indian Ocean, other oceans of the earth. That's pretty. That's a pretty vast expanse. And he said that the knowledge of the glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So here's what I think. I believe that we have entered into a time now that this is right before the coming of Christ. We all believe that he's coming soon. We, none of us knows when, but we believe he's coming soon. That before his coming, 
there's going to be a preoccupation of God's people with his presence and with his glory as never before. Because church, just regular church, is not going to get the job done. Absolutely. Just can't, you know. It's going to take the presence of the glory of God. And when you talk about the presence, just like you were talking about earlier, when you talk about the presence, it'll come. You know, what you talk about will come. If you talk about trouble, trouble will come. If you talk lack, lack will show up. If you talk uh, healing, healing will come. Whatever you talk about will show up. And if you start talking about the glory, just like us here today talking about the glory, I, I wouldn't be surprised one day in the world if it doesn't show up and you begin to feel that heavy, weighty presence. Of the <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm already feeling it now. And, and in fact, you have a story about that. Uh, you, you, you've been at meetings before when you're holding up, you know, your CD sets, you know, hey, get this. And you start talking about what's on the CD set and you can't even continue in the meeting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have, you know, held up my product on the glory and just start sort of describing it to the people, you know, so they know what to ask for after the service. And I had to actually stop talking about it <laughs> because no matter where I went, big churches, small rural or country, uh, you know, city churches, I'd start talking about it and it would show up. And, you know, <laughs> I'd stand for the reading of the scripture and people couldn't even stand wow. for the reading of the scripture. The glory of God come in so strong. So wow. it, it's really an intriguing thing. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I really feel the presence of the Lord strong right now. Let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, again, I've had the privilege of knowing you for over 20 years and you so impacted my life in 1990. I got there in 96 myself. And uh, at, at the Brownsville Revival, if you don't know what that is, please look it up. YouTube it, Brownsville Revival, Steve Hill, John Kilpatrick, Lyndall Cooley. Uh, how have you, because I watch you now 20 years plus years later, I watch you now. How has John Kilpatrick been able to maintain this kind of presence? It has. I see it's, it's fading with a lot of ministers, unfortunately, but it's not fading with you. Why is that? Well, I think uh, once you ever experience it, you know, um, we prayed for revival to come. We prayed two and a half years for revival to come, and wherever it came, revival came, of course. You know, you know everybody knows what revival is. You know, it's just a, a, an outpouring of the Spirit. It's the moving of the anointing. Souls are saved. People are healed and that kind of thing. But when revival came to Brownsville, it also brought with it, I believe, a reintroduction to the American church of the glory of God. And when I say a reintroduction, it's not something that the church here in America has never known about because the early forefathers, they knew about the glory. And early Pentecostal people, you know, back all the way back to the days of Azusa Street, they all knew about the glory. And even the old timers, you know, when they talk about dying and going to heaven, they'd say, hey, yeah, you know, mama died and went on to glory, you know, because they understood the glory. It's the presence of God. She's in the presence of God now that would say she's going on to glory. So I experienced that at, at Brownsville. Nobody even laid a hand on me. I went down. I was down for four hours on the platform. And when I went down, I was a successful pastor, of course. God had blessed me. You know, the church had grown from less than 300 to 1,700 people. And I was there 13 years before revival broke out at Brownsville. And I knew everybody. I knew, you know, everybody by their first name, including their children. So I had a history there. But when that church saw me go down, they'd never seen me on the floor ever. Nobody even touched me, like I said. But when they saw me go down, and I was on that floor for four hours, and Brian, I had just mentioned, I mean, I had just got through preaching, rather, uh, a series on the glory of God. I preached 10 parts on the glory of God. I preached it where... I couldn't preach number 11. I had exhausted the subject to the glory of God as far as I was concerned. I preached it with fervor. I preached it with passion. I preached it with anointing, and it was insightful. People loved it, and I delivered my soul. Just a few weeks later, bam, revival breaks out on Father's Day. I hit the floor, and whenever I hit the floor, my eyelids dropped, and, my, and I just hit the floor. I had no use in my body, just as limp as a noodle. But I felt like I weighed hundreds and hundreds of pounds laying on the platform. It wasn't scary at all, not at all. But I was laying on the platform, and I couldn't even move my tongue in my head. <laughs> and I just thought the thought, and I said, Lord, what is this? What is this, Lord? What is this? I never felt this. 
And the Lord has a sense of humor. And he said to me in my spirit, he said, well, son, this is what you just got to preach, you know. This is my glory. And it dawned on me at that moment that you can preach something with great fervor and you can preach something with great insight. But until you experience it, you don't even know what you're talking about. Wow. Wow. Wow, I, I, you can still see those YouTube videos of that. And what, what, what do you think for you, Pastor? What do you think was going on in you from from head to toe? What, what was happening within you in those four hours that you were in the glory there? Well, I, we had we had not long finished the construction of Brownsville. We we dedicated it in 1991. This is 1995. I, I was in over 200 meetings, you know, getting that church built you know, architectural meetings, uh, financial meetings, and, you know, even construction for months and months. And I was just really, I was at the edge, probably a burnout, and I had stress built up in my shoulders and the other parts of my body that no medication would touch it. It was just, it was just locked up in there. I couldn't even hardly sleep at night. I was so, I had such stress. Wow. When I hit the floor that morning, and we have a marble floor on there at Brown. Right. But whenever I hit the floor that morning, it felt like that somebody just separated the joints of my bones and my elbow and my shoulder. It's like somebody just separated it. And I could literally feel I, I felt like it was literally fluid dripping out of my out of my joints. Wow. And I began to think, you know, I couldn't even open my eyes and I began to think, Oh my God, I hope nobody thinks <laughs> you know, they see all this water on the platform, I hope yeah. nobody thinks, you know. But it, it, it actually, from that day to this one, when I got up off the floor, after hours of being on the floor, I've never had that stress in my body ever again. Wow. When the glory of God came on me, it was such a stress reliever. And what the glory does is it's rest. It's a rest. When the glory of God comes on someone, that's why many churches today don't really realize that whenever they come into church and they hurriedly come in and they hurriedly leave, and you hear the word and you hear the worship, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But the missing ingredient, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, the missing ingredient is we miss that waiting period until the glory comes, and the glory is therapeutic. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings, et cetera, et cetera. That right there, I think, is what the the church in this hour is missing, is the glory of God, the presence. We're made for the presence. We don't even realize it until we get in it. We're made for the presence of God. Like you were talking about even with Adam and, Adam and Eve, you know, we were never meant to leave that garden, and I appreciate that. And, and speaking of resting in the glory, Pastor, what is the difference between the anointing and the glory? Well, the anointing is what you work with. Um, the anointing is basically God's authorization on a person's life to do the works of the ministry in the earth, you know, just like a Ford dealership in a local community. It represents the Ford Manufacturing Company, you know. And Christians on the earth, we're like representatives of the Lord. We're anointed to do His work. We represent heaven. We represent the kingdom. We represent the Lord and His work, His ministry. So the anointing is what we work with. But the glory is the rest. It's the presence. It's what we need to be replenished. Because Jesus even said when he was here, he said, um, who touched me? And they said, well, Lord, there's people all around you. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, but I'm just, I'm paraphrasing here. But he said, yeah, but somebody touched me with a touch that drained my batteries down. Right. Somebody touched me with a touch that drained my batteries down. And so uh, he, he was saying that virtue went out of me, the anointing. Somebody pulled on that anointing on my life, and it went out of me. And um, that's a very powerful thing. It's a very powerful thing. But the glory is when you when you work in a service and you lay hands on people, you prophesy, you preach. That's wonderful. But don't forget to wait in His presence and be replenished and be strengthened for the journey the rest of the week. Mm. Boy, that's good. And and and. 
I love experiencing that presence and that glory because it just it's it's the atmosphere of heaven, right? It is the atmosphere of heaven, my friend. And and, and let me just say this: once you ever experience it, and and uh, man, once you ever experience the glory of God, it's like an instant addiction. Mm. You're 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 you're. You're waiting and you're searching until it comes again, and uh, it it's it just such a difference between just going to church and having church, and doing church, and when the glory comes in, and when the glory comes in like a blanket, everybody's touched. Amen. Nobody shows out. Nobody draws attention to themselves. Um, people sit there and uh, they stand there if they can but they sit there and everybody's affected the same way their voices are lifted there's a sound in the house that's coming from people once i heard that sound for the first time come in in 1995 it changed my life it just changed my life and uh, to this day just last friday night at a pastor's conference i hosted here in alabama at my church, church was present. That sound came in, and people, the glory came in, the glory came in. We had, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of people there, and just the glory came in, and when it did, that sound came from those that was under the glory. And it is heaven. <laughs> I mean, it is just heaven. I don't know if you at home can feel this, what we're feeling here, but it is powerful, and I pray that you are feeling the same glory. And and I, I'll say it again, Pastor, when I listen to your five CD set, when I listen to the specifically the part on the glory, it, it in, literally invaded my office to a point that I've never uh, experienced that like that before. And I had so much joy and peace and love all at the same time. And what you said uh, was so right on because I can't wait until it happens next. I, I've become instantly addicted. And so, Pastor, that's what that's, this CD set did for me. What, what do you? What kind of feedback are you getting from people that listen to this CD set on the glory and the blessing? Well, there's there's many pastors that calls me just like I I just got through with a camp meeting in a distant state, and it's a denomination. I preached at camp meeting for their denomination, and they asked me to come in and preach on the glory. And the people that's heard the messages on the glory. Um, so many people today, you know, they've heard so many sermon topics, but very few have ever heard a, a full sermon on the glory. And um, these messages on the glory of God is pretty extensive, and I give extensive scriptures. They're also all through the Old and New Testament about the glory of God. And, and um, so whenever people hear it, and they've heard me preach it live, or they've heard me preach it on tape like that, it. It really uh, is something they haven't heard, and they're, they're trying to learn more about it. They're trying to grasp it, but it, it is so natural that whenever you tap into it and you begin to understand it, it just—you don't have to beg it to come. It'll just come on you. It's, it's just, <laughs> yeah. And the other part of your five CD set is on the blessing. Tell tell the people at home about the blessing. Well, the blessings, I think. Someone would ask me, what is the prerequisite for revival at Brownsville? I would say, no doubt about it, we prayed two and a half years. We prayed for revival, and I believe prayer was the number one prerequisite for revival. But um, if you were to ask me, was there a second prerequisite, I would say beyond any doubt that it was, that it was the teaching and the revelation that the Lord gave me before revival broke out in 1995, it was the teaching and revelation the Lord gave on, on blessings, on on the mystery of a blessing and the power of a blessing. And as as that revelation came, God gives revelation to a man of God or a woman of God so that His people may have deliverance and they can experience it. God gives revelation so His people can experience. And so as I began to speak and teach on the blessing, the mystery of a blessing, the power of a blessing. Uh, it that set the pace and that set the atmosphere right there. 
for the glory of God to come in on Father's Day of 1995. Wow. I know Sid wants to get this CD set in your hand. He's excited about this. He's excited about the glory. He's always talking about the glory, and Sid wants to get this in your hand, and you need to get a hold of this five CD set. And But when we come back, we're going to have Pastor Kilpatrick talk more about the glory, how to increase it in your life, uh, how to act, how the glory satisfies, and even how to find out if your house, your own home, is ready for the glory. We'll be right back. Call now and get John Kilpatrick's powerful five-part audio CD teaching, The Blessing and the Glory. This is an exclusive offer for our Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 3321. On this five-part audio CD teaching series, Pastor John Kilpatrick shares two divine revelations. The first is on how to access God's glory and experience heaven invading your everyday life. The second revelation is on the power of the biblical blessing. John Kilpatrick answers the following questions regarding the glory of God. What is the glory? How is the glory different than the anointing? What happens when the glory appears? How can we prepare a place for the glory of God to reside? How can the glory be covering our homes, families, and churches? You will learn that revelation from the Father comes when you are in the glory. Creative ideas, problem solving, keys to unlock the supernatural of God are unleashed. Under the glory of God, you have no pain, no cares. You sense everything's going to be okay. It's the most peaceful, joyous, satisfying feeling that he ever had experienced. You can literally feel the glory of God on these CDs as John Kilpatrick teaches. John Kilpatrick unveils the power and the significance of the biblical blessing. Understand how the blessing is the way God chooses to transmit His power and goodness through the spoken word. You will learn how to bless your finances, your health, your relationships, and your future. You will find out how blessing Israel results in God's favor in your life. John Kilpatrick teaches how you bless yourself and bless your family, and how you can redirect your life through the power of the blessing. John Kilpatrick also prays a special blessing over you that will help you unlock the promises of God for your life. This is really a how-to get rid of the curses, how-to position yourself for the last greatest move of God's presence, God's glory in history. Don't miss out on getting John Kilpatrick's powerful five-part audio CD teaching, The Blessing and the Glory. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 3321. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 3321 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We're back with John Kilpatrick, and the glory of God is in the studio, and Pastor says he feels it where he's at, and uh, we're, we're just so excited uh, about the glory and he, just even talking about it because it's, it's the atmosphere of heaven, and Jesus told us to pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, so we want that glory here in Jesus' name. And, and Pastor, you talk about how there's revelation that comes when we're in the glory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when Moses met the Lord there at the burning bush, he was keeping Jethro's sheep there, you know, and he was working with Jethro's father-in-law. And Moses was, uh, you know, he was in his 80s, or he was he was getting close. Well, he was in his 80s by then, and uh, he's getting close to it. And so whenever he had that confrontation with the Lord at the burning bush, that was really one of the first times that he had had an experience with the Lord. And so when the Lord met him there, the bush wouldn't burn. And that fire there was not fire like we know combustible fire to be. That was the glory fire. It was the fire of God's glorious presence. And the reason why we know that is because when the glory comes, it's a consume it's a fire, but it won't consume. It the bush was not burned up, the bush was not destroyed. You can't die in the glory, you know. When the glory's there, you you can't die in the glory. You can't perish in his presence. One of the reasons why God had to drive Adam and Eve from the garden is because the Lord would manifest every day there in the garden with Adam and Eve. And he had put angels there with flaming swords at the tree of life. And whenever he ousted them from the garden, they got out of the presence of God, the glory of God. And they, they passed away. He passed away at 930 years old, but he had such residual of the glory in him that it took him a long time to die. 
right. fish out of water. Right. It doesn't die quickly, you know. And so when you take a person out of the glory of God like that, uh, there, there's there's a life there, and there's an energy there that lasts a long, long time. So uh, it's just a very powerful thing. And then you talk about how when, when Moses was standing there at that burning bush, uh, you know, and it wasn't being consumed, that he had such a revelation, such a touch from God that came out of that bush that he was able to lead these people out of Egypt just from an encounter. Yeah, that's correct. And so when, when he faced the Lord there at the burning bush, that was the glory of God. And that's where revelation came to him of how to go and to extricate two and a half million Jews from the most powerful force on the face of the earth. And if in these last days the glory of God begins to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea, and God's people, the church of the living God, and all the nations can begin to tap into that, that presence and that glory, we'll find revelation, too, for these times and solutions for the quagmires and the problems of these times. We'll find answers the same way, but we'll find it in the glory. It won't necessarily come to a sermon. Now, I'm not against I'm not against sermons, don't get me wrong, and I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the power of the Word. Of course I do. That's who I am. But I also believe there's another dimension called the glory of God, and that's where revelation comes. And there's such revelation and glory that the Bible even says in the last days in Isaiah chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, that it will be so violent that the Bible says the glory shall be for your defense. The glory will actually be uh, manifest to defend God's people. We have the blood, we have the word, we have angels, and we have the Holy Spirit. But we also have the glory. But the Bible says the glory shall be for your defense. And revelation comes in the glory. Strength comes in the glory. Renewal comes. But also um, God keeps his people and protects his people through the glory. So let me ask you this. There's a lot of um, wonderful, if I could use the word, benefits uh, of paying that price to get yourself set up to be in the glory. Uh, So how does one increase the glory of God in their life? I think, first of all, you got to, you got to, uh, you got to know about it and you have to want it. You know, I don't think you can really get much from the Lord unless you, you use faith and go after it and say, Lord, I want it. You know, the Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. And bought truth is, is not something that you paid money for. It's something that you gave in exchange. It's something that you sacrificed for. That's what it means. It's something that you sacrificed for. When a person has an anointing, you know, they sacrificed for that anointing. They fasted. They prayed. They sought the face of God. And uh, the glory is the same way. You, you, go at it, you go after it passionately. And when you experience it, and you begin to cherish it. And the Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. So many people have not bought the truth, but they borrowed the truth. Mm. They borrowed the truth. Now, what do I mean by that? You can hear somebody else's revelation, but that's their revelation. You borrowed their revelation, but you can't get too much mileage out of that. When you pay the price and you go after God and you have your own power encounter, that's something that you bought. You didn't buy it with money now, but you you bought the truth of that, and nobody can take it from you. That's why the Fox's Book of Martyrs, you read all these tremendous stories about people that gave their life for the gospel, bought the truth of the gospel, and they would give their lives, and they would be tormented when they would be martyred, but they would never capitulate and give in. Why? Because they had bought the truth. They believed in Jesus, who he said he was, and they believed that Bible. And today, so many so many teachers and probably ministers even are preaching sermons that they hear here and yonder, and they're, they're exciting truths, and they're, they're, you know, they're just really revealing, and, oh, boy, this is good. But in many cases, it's only borrowed truth. It's not bought truth. 
And in fact, Pastor, I heard in your one of your messages uh, on the CD said that you you love good preaching. You love to sit and listen to somebody just preach and the glory comes. But you have a tough time sitting there hearing somebody preach when they're just preaching to from head to head as opposed from heart to heart. Exactly. You can sit and listen to a person preach three to four or five minutes, and you can tell pretty quick if it's coming from their soul or coming from the spirit man. And uh, if it's coming from the soul, it's coming from the mind. Right. And the mind, the, the soul is the mind and the will and the emotions. It's the volition and the emotions. Uh, the spirit is the part that God breathed into man, and he became a living soul. The soul is a connector between the spirit and the body. The body manifests through the soul, and so does the spirit manifest through the soul. So when a guy gets up and preaches, or a lady, whoever, and they're preaching from their soul, you can you can tell it's a mind thing. It's something they learned, something they read. Right. But when a person stands up and they begin to preach from their spirit under the anointing, it'll pop. You can feel it immediately. It, it just it, it resonates. And that's what people's dying for today. They're not dying for the next wow. They're just dying for truth, you know. Tell me what God's saying. Yes. Tell me what's going on. I want to know. Tell me what's God saying. I'm desperate to hear from heaven. So when people come to church today, I don't think they really leave dissatisfied. I think most people just leave unsatisfied. That's good. There was just more, and they didn't get it, and they know they didn't get it. But they love their pastor. They love their church. They don't. It's not that they don't don't love them. They do, but many just leave out unsatisfied. They just, that was that part of them that just didn't get touched, and they didn't feel the presence of God. You know, and and we we just need to watch our advertisements about our churches before we advertise it, and and we get people through the doors because when people come to those doors, trust me, they're not wanting to hear just another sermon, and they're not wanting to hear just another song. They're they're coming in there saying, "Is there rain in this house?" Exactly. Is is yeah? You know, I don't want lightning and thunder. I want rain. <laughs> I need presence. <laughs> I don't want a bunch of noise. I want the presence. I like that. <laughs> so, Pastor. Uh, before revival hit Brownsville on Father's Day, nineteen ninety-five, you had been pastor there for thirteen years, and and we were talking off the air. You you just you were a good pastor. You knew names of babies and children and mothers and fathers. You knew what was going on in homes, uh, so to speak. And then revival came, and and people would couples would be out in the power hugging each other and just oh crying and rejoicing and dancing. And, but then they would go home, and it's like, whoo, the glory is gone. And in your CD set, you talk about this very thing, about the glory in your house. What did the Lord teach you there at Revival and then with the glory being in your house? Well, like you said, I had been there 13 years, so I knew, I knew so much about people. You know, I counseled couples that was on the verge of divorce or already divorced, actually. And I knew the problems they was having with their teenagers and that kind of thing. So when revival came, I saw people just hugging and crying and weeping on each other's shoulders and embracing and making up and being reconciled. And it was just a beautiful sight, you know, to see what God did. And then I began, my telephone began to ring. You know, if it if it rang a few times, it rang many times. And people were saying things like, Brother Kilpatrick. When we're at church and we're in revival, oh, my God, we love each other. And we're hugging and we're making it up and reconciling. But when we go home, even before our tires pull up on the carport of the garage of the house and before the garage door comes down, we're fighting like cats and dogs. And if I heard that once, I heard it scores of times. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord said to me in my spirit, he said, well, son, when they're in this house where the presence of the Lord is, he said, their behavior conforms to my presence. When they go home where the atmosphere has not been swept and garnished, and when they go home and all that stuff still inventoried, all the arguments, all the accusations, all the cussing, all the pornography, all the fussing, fighting, 
when they go back in that atmosphere, that atmosphere has an effect on them and their behavior. It influences them. And he said they're going to have to get the atmosphere at their house swept and garnished like the atmosphere at the church is. They're going to have to rid the atmosphere, unpack it. Absolutely. So what did the Lord show you about what we need to do? Because, you know, there's people listening that say, listen, that that sounds like me. I'm at church and everything's good. We go home and my husband's an alcoholic or you know, we're, 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 on, we're on the verge of separation or my kids are rebellious. What does a family that loves the Lord but is struggling need to do to change that atmosphere for the glory? Well, you don't necessarily need to get rid of the house and go buy another house. You can, you can cleanse that atmosphere. Even before Jesus went into the temple to, to preach, the Bible says he cleansed the temple. And he knew that the atmosphere in that temple was not conducive for what he wanted to do. And um, he cleansed the temple. He, t- he turned over the money changers' tables and he let the animals go that they had for sale there in the courtyard. Uh, that was not his house. That was not the atmosphere that he was wanting. And so he cleansed the place. And you have to understand that an atmosphere, and everybody has an atmosphere. If you live in an apartment, if you live in a mortgaged home, a paid-for home, a travel trailer, a penthouse, or a condominium, wherever you live, everybody has an atmosphere. And um, you have to understand sometimes that atmosphere can become defiled. There's things that can be uh, inventoried in the atmosphere of a home. Pornography that's been watched in a house through, you know, through the Internet or things that's been watched there through the house on television sets and cuss words, accusations, lies, all kinds of things can be inventoried in atmosphere. And you have to go in there and you have to repent and say, Lord, we have done so many things and we have allowed so many things. We ask your forgiveness and we turn and we repent and then go and begin to just say to that atmosphere, you cannot remain the way you are. We speak in the name of Jesus that the blood cleanses this atmosphere. And we're going to praise the Lord in this house, and we're going to pray in this house, and we're going to unseat you, and we'll not allow you to stay here and influence this place anymore. This is how you begin to move in the glory from not just your church, but in your home with your kids, your spouse, your husband, your wife. You and I, we need the glory of God in our homes. And the CD set that Pastor Kilpatrick put together talks about how to, what he, the very thing he just said, how to remove the obstacles or the idols, which he calls them in the, in the CD set, removing the idols so the glory will come. So the Lord brings his favor and his glory on your house. So it just changes everything. And and when we come back, Pastor Kilpatrick is going to be talking about how to live in the blessing of God, how to have the 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 blessing of God in your life and in your children and in your family and the meaning, the real meaning and significance of blessing. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back. In 1995, on Father's Day, the glory of God descended on the Brownsville Church in Pensacola, Florida. When the glory of God came into the church on Father's Day, the thing that shocked me was when I hit the floor, nobody even touched me, and I went down into glory. And I could hear everything. I was totally conscious, but I just couldn't move my body. It just felt like I weighed hundreds of pounds, and it was the most warm, secure feeling I've ever had. Over four million people worldwide came to experience the outpouring of the glory during the Brownsville Revival. Hundreds of thousands were saved, delivered, and healed. Pastor John Kilpatrick has received a revelation on how you too can walk in God's glory and the biblical blessings of God every moment of the day. Call now and get John Kilpatrick's powerful five-part audio CD teaching, The Blessing and the Glory. This is an exclusive offer for our supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 3321. On this five-part audio CD teaching series, Pastor John John Kilpatrick shares two divine revelations. The first is on how to access God's glory and experience heaven invading your everyday life. The second revelation is on the power of the biblical blessing. John Kilpatrick answers the following questions regarding the glory of God. 
What is the glory? How is the glory different than the anointing? What happens when the glory appears? How can we prepare a place for the glory of God to reside? How can the glory be covering our homes, families, and churches? You will learn that revelation from the Father comes when you are in the glory. Creative ideas, problem solving, keys to unlock the supernatural of God are unleashed. Under the glory of God, you have no pain, no cares. You sense everything's going to be okay. It's the most peaceful, joyous, satisfying feeling that he ever had experienced. You can literally feel the glory of God on these CDs as John Kilpatrick teaches. John Kilpatrick unveils the power and the significance of the biblical blessing. Understand how the blessing is the way God chooses to transmit His power and goodness through the spoken word. You will learn how to bless your finances, your health, your relationships, and your future. You will find out how blessing Israel results in God's favor in your life. John Kilpatrick teaches how you bless yourself and bless your family, and how you can redirect your life through the power of the blessing. John Kilpatrick also prays a special blessing over you that will help you unlock the promises of God for your life. I'm going to tell you something. The glory that's coming, you will have a wall between you and the glory. If you don't get rid biblically of all the word curses that have been spoken over your life, and this is really a how to get rid of the curses, how to receive the blessing, and how to position yourself for the last greatest move of God's presence, God's glory in history. Don't miss out on getting John Kilpatrick's powerful five-part audio CD teaching, The Blessing and the Glory. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 3321. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 3321 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We're back with Pastor Kilpatrick, and I'm looking forward to hearing what he has learned by revelation on the blessing. So, Pastor, how in the world did this revelation come to you on blessing? I mean, what we hear a lot about the blessing, the blessing, you know, you got to sow, you reap, you sow, you thousandfold return, and it's way bigger than that. There's way more than that. What, what is so different about your teaching on the blessing? Well, when I received this teaching on the blessing, um, I had, I've always had a great experience with the Lord. I've always had, you know, a wonderful relationship with him. But um, uh, when we had our church under construction at Brownsville, where the revival broke out, you know, when it was under construction, I wanted brass music in my church. And so um, I, I told the board, I said, well, hey, let's cut a hole in the platform. The platform's 105 feet wide anyway. Let's cut a hole in the platform and let's build an orchestra pit there. And so we built the orchestra pit. We put all the technology in the walls and everything. We began to make the announcement, you know, if you play a brass instrument, you know, we want you to get ready for our church dedication. So um, if you play a brass instrument, brass instrument. So we began to make the announcement. Not one person came forward. <laughs> and it's so, it so humiliated me, you know, that we put 40 extra thousand dollars in that hole up there. And, and then nobody shows up. And I just developed an attitude toward that orchestra pit. Well, by the time the dedication Sunday came, I had to pay somebody to come and play an orchestra pit. Wow. And so it was not doing what I wanted it to do. So I began to call it names. And I began to say, you know, that stupid, expensive hole, <laughs> things like that. So I went down uh, after the dedication of the new church and I was praying. I always prayed there every Saturday night, you know, before church on Sunday. And I walked up in the orchestra pit, always pray in the dark. I stand there in the dark. And I said, Lord, I said, there's nobody in the orchestra pit. And I had the Lord say something to me that really shocked me. And this is where the revelation came from. He said, well, stop cursing. Stop cursing. Well, it so shocked me that the Lord used that word cursing it. I thought, well, what, what do you mean, cursing it? I knew I wasn't cussing. And I said, well, Lord, look, i got to preach tomorrow. If you'll give me an opportunity, I'm going to go first thing Monday, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delve into this thing, and I want you to show me what you're talking about. So I began to pray on Monday, and here's what the Lord showed me. He said, son, he said, 
a blessing is speaking out of your mouth anything that you want to see come to pass over person, place, or thing. A curse is releasing out of your mouth anything that you do not want to see come to pass over person, place, or thing. So I said, well, Lord, I, I, I cursed that orchestra pit. He said, yes, that and many other things, and you didn't even realize you was doing it. So I said, well, Lord, show me. And so I'm making a long story short. And the Lord said, well, if you've cursed something, you need to do three things. You need to repent. That means to turn around and not do that anymore. Second, you need to renounce what you've said. And the third thing is you need to revoke it. So I repented. But then I said, Lord, what does renounce mean? He said, what you have said and what the words that you put on it that's causing it to malfunction. Repent of it and renounce it and recall what you said over it. Recall what you said and re-say it the way you really meant to say it. That's what renounce means. And then revoke means to snap the spine of it where it can't function against you anymore. Nothing can function against you anymore. And so I did that, and I'm telling you, within a month of Sundays, I had so many people in the orchestra pit, I had to actually make the announcement. There's no room for anybody else. I had French horns, I had trumpets, I had saxophones, I even had a tuba in the orchestra pit. It filled up. Well, when the Lord showed me that, then the Lord said to me, I want you to call your children home and your wife. And he said, just as you ignorantly had cursed that orchestra pit, he said, you have ignorantly cursed your family. Wow. And he said, you've said things over them that you didn't really realize that you were cursing them. And he said, I want you to re repent. I want you to renounce it and re-say it the way you really meant to say it in the first place. See, we start cursing things, not cussing now, but we start cursing things when we're angry or when we're afraid. Like somebody will say to a child, if you don't straighten up, you're going to turn out just like your uncle. If you don't turn, if you don't straighten up, you're going to turn out just like the boy down the street here. Well, you don't really realize it, but you just, you just cursed him. You're telling him, you're going to turn out like somebody bad. And that's not what's supposed to come out of your mouth as a Christian, as a parent as a brother or sister, you're supposed to say, son, I know you're having a struggle, but you, you know what? I have prayed for you and God's with you. And I don't care what things look like. You're, you're going to preach the gospel. You're going to sing the gospel. You're going to serve the Lord. You're going to marry, right? You're going to have my grandchildren. You're going to, your life is going to turn around, son, instead of cursing them and saying, you're going to turn out like so-and-so. And so whenever you repent and then you renounce, you, you're re-saying what you really should have said in the first place, but you were so upset and so afraid you couldn't say it like that. It just, you blurted it out. And then revoke means to snap the spine of a thing and say, you will not wiggle against me anymore. You'll have no more effect on me. I release blessings now to be in my path instead of all these pitfalls and these curses. So that's how it started with me. And I shudder to think, how we must have been doing this to our own selves. Oh, my. Oh, my. People curse themselves all the time. I hate my legs. I hate my legs. I I hate my lips. I hate, I hate the way I walk. You know, I can't stand myself, you know. And they just say all kinds of bad things about themselves and don't really realize that when they get up to a certain age, one of the first things to go is their legs. Wow. Because they said, I hate my legs. You know, I hate my breasts, or I hate, I hate this, I hate that. And it's just amazing whenever you do that, that you release something. It, something's released, and you need to realize that. So let me, let me ask you this uh, on that, what you just said there. I never thought of that before. If somebody, just for the sake of argument, what you were talking about, the legs, uh, somebody their whole life, they didn't like the way their legs looked. They didn't like the way their legs looked. And they've been saying something and cursing that their whole life. That you're saying, if I heard you right, that opens a door to maybe arthritis in your knees and, you know, uh, yeah. or having being paralyzed. Or, that opens a door. Well, it, could, it, it may do that. It may, do, it may very well do that. And I, I think it's risky. And I didn't know any of these things. I didn't know any of these things until I preached it and God gave me the revelation on it. And I really believe it was a revelation because when I preached this, 
and I released this, people sat there like they were glued. And I've been preaching for many years. I've never seen anything quite like it. They didn't get them to go to the bathroom, you know, during the service. I preached like an hour at a time, and it was it was a revelation. And whenever I preached it, I was learning right along with everybody else. And I went home that first day after preaching it, and I sat down and wrote my first blessing that very day at 3.30 in the afternoon. And I wrote a blessing out over my church. Instead of having now dismissal prayer on Sundays and dismissing everybody to go home, I dismissed everybody now. Instead of with a prayer, I spoke a blessing over them for that coming week. Man, it took. They loved it, and what I blessed them began to happen. The things that I began to open up and bless began to happen. But before I would bless, I'd cancel any curses that had been spoken. Now, here again, I'm not talking about witchcraft. I'm not talking about magic. I'm not talking about witchcraft. I'm talking about just the Bible says blessings and curses should not come out of the same mouth. Right. So until the Lord showed me that, until the Lord taught me that, I didn't know. I was ignorant. I did it in ignorance. And so when I had my kids come home that day and I said, guys, I want to repent and I want to ask you, dad, you've been a good dad. (laughs) I tried. And then they said, well, you know, so I said, well, I've said some things and the Lord's showing me some things I said, and I want to ask you to forgive me. And I want an opportunity to take that off of you. And I want to re-say something over you to replace that. And I would begin to re-say things over them. And man, the tears began to fall. And then I revoked it. And then the, for the first time, I'd put my hand on their face and I'd speak a blessing over my kids. There's a big difference in saying, God bless you to somebody and actually speaking a blessing over somebody. Saying, God bless you, is a little more like a salutation. But when you lay your hands on somebody and bless them, there's a big difference in that. And I'd never blessed anything. And at that time, I was 44 years old. And I never blessed anything, anybody, or even myself. Wow. I just say, you know, God bless you. But I spoke my first blessing whenever I did. Oh, my God. Wow. It made a world of difference. And and I I really believe, Brian, I really believe this with all my heart. I believe it helps set the atmosphere for revival to come to Brownsville. I really do. So really the same principles that you talk about with your orchestra pit, the repenting, the renouncing, and the revoking. If there's people listening at home that have cursed themselves, they need to do those three things as well, correct? For themselves. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get legalistic about it. Yeah. That's what the Lord showed me. Okay. And um, I wouldn't want them to get legalistic, you know, where they felt like, well, if I don't do one, two, three, you know, right, I, I don't right. want it to be like anything like that. But for me, I, I knew I needed to repent. And for me, I knew I needed to get that off of them, what I'd said on them, and and now wanted to re-say it. And instead of having a curse on them, I wanted to bless my children now. And then I wanted to revoke it. That means pop the spine of it where it couldn't even, you know, they couldn't be even reminded of it anymore. It wouldn't have any power, no defilement over them anymore. So, yeah. And with the, what the Bible says about the father uh, and the children relationship, we, we need more of that. We need more of the touch and the blessing. Yeah. And and I started blessing the church, you know, and I started, and and, 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 and the church started speaking a blessing over me and my wife every Sunday. And uh, a different board member would come forward every Sunday before we'd leave or before I'd preach. And they'd come up and just speak a short blessing over me a different board member, a different deacon, a different director, just because, and boy, it's hard for the devil to get into a church like that. Right, right. The pastor's blessing the people, and the people are blessing the pastor. Absolutely. Now, you actually have a story about a time that you were invited to speak at a church, and you blessed a woman's womb. Yeah, I did. And, you you know, um, one one of the things that that I would like to say while I'm on that subject, and I, I want to say this before I forget it. This is really important. When God said to Sarah, God said to Abraham, he's talking about Sarah. He said, Abraham, he said, um, you're going to be the father and she's going to be a mother. And he was, you know, about almost a hundred. She's 90. Well, he said, he didn't say I'm going to heal Sarah because she'd never had children. See, now 
she's well past childbearing age. She's way on up yonder. She's 90 years old. He's 100. God said, he didn't say, I'm going to heal her because she, she was sterile. She couldn't have children. He said, I'm going to bless her. Now, that was a, that was a real revelation to me. Yeah. I wonder how many people today don't need necessarily healing, but they need blessing. Wow. And so I began to bless people that couldn't have children. I began to speak a blessing over women that couldn't have children. Just things began to happen, is all <laughs> I can say. It was a revelation. Just things began to happen. and Women began to have children. And like I said, you know, I believe in divine healing. I believe in the cross. I believe in the blood. But one element that I didn't have any knowledge in that really opened up to me was this area of blessings. And as I began to bless people, even some people I'd be praying for for healing, the Lord say, bless them because they've been cursed. Their parents cursed them. Things passed down through bloodlines. He said, just release a blessing on them. Now, back to that story about the woman that you prayed for where you blessed her womb. You, you say in your teaching that you weren't even there 15 seconds, and the Lord says to go up there and bless her with a baby. That's exactly right. And I, matter, matter of fact, uh, Brian, she just sent me a picture of her son just graduated from school, from high school. She sent me a picture of him, and he graduated with honors, and she was in her 40s and only had one ovary. Wow. And had never been pregnant before. And I walked in the church, and I was a little bit late because I had traveled six hours to get there because I was at Brownsville that morning. This was a Sunday night service, and I was sitting in the, in the audience. And the Lord said to the woman that was on the organ, playing the church organ there, he said, I want you to bless her and speak over her. And I did. And <laughs> as I said, she just sent me a picture of her son. He just graduated from college, from school with, with honors. That's wonderful. And, and Pastor, in your CD set, your five CD set that you did for us, A Blessing in the Glory, it it really touched my own life. I know Sid wants to get this in the hands of everybody listening, and you really go into depth about the glory, how to experience it, how to encounter it, uh, not only in your life, but in your home, and then the blessing, the teaching on the blessing. What, what is a CD set going to really do for the people that, that listen to it, plug it in their car, their home? How is it going to touch their life? I can't tell you how many sets of these things we've sold over the world. And um, uh, when people get a hold of it, 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 it has a mesmerizing effect to it. When they listen to it, it's just like stuff like it, It's not a regular sermon. It's insight. It, it's really like a revelation. You know, and I'm not saying this about myself. It's not the preaching of it, and it's not me. It's just the, it's the material. It's the information. And whenever people get a hold of that and they listen to it, I've had so many people tell me from all over the world, oh, my God, Pastor, when I heard that, you know, on both things, the mystery of, and the power of the blessing and the glory. It's just things that many people don't know about. But uh, my take on the glory is a little bit different from most people because uh, – it's actually a power. There's some things you pray about. There's some things you prophesy over, but then there's some things you bless. You, there's some things you you pray over, and prayer is petitioning God for divine intervention. That's what prayer is. Prophesying is speaking about the future and pulling it into the present, feeling it and touching it and letting it go again. But blessing is not prayer or prophesying. Blessing is blessing. And you're speaking a blessing over a person, over a place. You can even bless a place like your home. You can bless a vehicle. You can bless a thing. You know, you can bless uh, a church service. You can bless a child at dedication. I don't dedicate babies anymore. I bless babies. I <laughs> blessings over babies. <laughs> Pastor, in a few minutes we have left, will you please uh, uh, pray a blessing over everybody that, that's listening? I just speak right now a release over your life. Everything that has been tethered to you, that has held you down and held you back, and has caused you to question, why can't I get free? Why can't I make progress? I bless you for that tether to be snipped and clipped right now. 
I bless you for the high places to be brought low. I bless you for the crooked places to be made straight and the path of the Lord to be made straight in your life and for God to put you on a level playing field for a change and for the obstacles and the physical issues and the maladies and the setbacks, the financial reversals, the breakdown in relationships. I just bless you that all of that is going to begin to show up and God's going to begin to give you the remedy and the revelation for these things to begin to straighten out in your life. I love you, and I speak blessings over you. Although I may not know you, may have never seen you, I love you, and I release this blessing over you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, John Kilpatrick. Now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special offer. John Kilpatrick's passion is for everyone to know the importance of encountering God's blessings and glory especially in the days we're living in. John teaches how to prepare a place for God's blessing and glory as a covering for your homes, your families, and your congregations in his five-CD set, The Blessing and the Glory. Call now for John's five-CD set, The Blessing and the Glory, for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call one 800 447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. John Kilpatrick's five CD set, The Blessing and the Glory, offer number 3321 for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 3321. Once again, that's offer number 3321.